The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me, and I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. Well, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Did you ever see the picture on Facebook of a toddler talking about his baptism on a cell phone? The picture is certainly cute, but the caption that follows it is priceless. The toddler says, So today at church, a guy in a robe tried to drown me, and I kid you not, my family just stood there taking pictures. For a little one, if they were really aware of what was happening, a baptism must be a very confusing event. They're all dressed up and then somebody pours water over them. They must be thinking, what are these people doing to me and why? But have you ever thought about that before? What happens when a person is baptized? What does it mean? How would you answer that question if a friend asked you today? Now, some of you may know that it is my privilege to meet with parents as they are preparing to have their child baptized here at Good Shepherd. And it's always fun to do so because I think they're excited about this moment in their child's life. During our time together, we might discuss how baptism is this wonderful gift from God and it is packed full of great things, such as we receive the Holy Spirit, we have this forgiveness of sins, we become part of a new family, we're given the gift of eternal life, and finally it gives us a new identity. We are called Christian and we're marked with the cross of Christ forever. We also discuss how Luther saw baptism as this example of God's unconditional love, an event where a person doesn't need status or to have done a particular work to be included and accepted by God. In baptism, we know God claims us forever. So what would you say happened in a person's baptism? Well, because of the gospel lesson we just read, I have been wondering what Jesus would have said about his own baptism in the River Jordan. The Gospel writer Mark includes his account of Jesus' baptism, and it's only two verses long. He writes, 
In those days, Jesus came from Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are, the, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Well, I don't know about you, but if I saw the heavens being torn apart and heard a voice from heaven, I might have been a little shaken. The description of the baptism of Jesus is unique in Mark's gospel because of this Greek word, schizomai, which means being ripped apart, not simply torn. I have this image in my head of something being ripped apart, and it's of a small child on Christmas morning who goes with all his gusto at a present that they have that is big, and they want to know what's inside of it. So there they are, ripping the present open, getting bits of paper all over the place, getting bits of ribbon all over the place, and maybe even ripping the top off the box. Well, biblical scholars have suggested the importance of this accurate translation of this Greek word. This image in Mark's gospel is so strong, and it's even violent, we might say. But when we take note of that, our imaginations can go to work about how important this image is. If the heavens are open, then they may be closed again like a window or a door. But if they are ripped open, then maybe there's this permanent rupture large enough that it cannot be repaired, which means everything can change. And viewed from another perspective, perspective, the image, image suggests that these protective barriers are gone and that God is unwilling to be confined to this space that is far off and is on the loose in our neighborhood and in our world, sending the Spirit on God's people, calling them to be a part of his family because they are his beloved. I think this imagery has an enormous, enormous power to shape our imagination and to begin to help us make sense of why this story that we're reading is such good news. We are hearing that God is intruding into our world, which seems like it had become alien territory, but God is unwilling to leave our world in such a state. So God sends Jesus, his son, into the world. Mark is showing us that these lines must be crossed and curtains torn and heavens themselves torn open in the course of, coming, of the coming of Jesus. And all this adds up to good news because God's love has come down to earth. The baptism of Jesus is one of the ways that God reveals God's good news has broken into our world. Now here is what I wonder, as I've said before. I wonder if after being baptized, Jesus thought about what took place that day in the Jordan River again. I wondered if he pondered it in his heart and returned to it again and again to try to make sense of what his life was all about. And then I also wonder, how often do we think about our baptisms? How often do we think about what they mean for our lives each and every day? I'm asking us to think about that because I think there is no more important event in our life than our baptism because it reveals God's love for us 
And it's probably an important thing for us to remember in our culture. There's a theologian named David Lowe's. He's a Lutheran pastor and theologian. And he has reflected on the importance of baptism by talking about how it communicates acceptance for us and to us, acceptance from God. Well, let me explain. Have you ever noticed that in our contemporary culture, one of the things that is ever present is affirmation. We get affirmed for lots of things. Kids get trophies, some people say, for just participating. Well, anyway, Facebook, I think, is an example of this. It gives us a chance to like movies, to like books, to like what we see on Facebook. And then it also gives people who who are our friends on Facebook to like what we post too. So we get a lot of affirmation. Twitter and Instagram gives us this chance to collect followers and friends. And sometimes it's a people uh, who we don't even know. And so all of that is kind of astounding. Some have suggested that the reason social media is so powerful is precisely because it creatively offers affirmation in plentiful doses. Deep down, of course, we probably know that this kind of affirmation doesn't really mean all that much. Why? Well, because we may like affirmation, but what we need is acceptance. And acceptance is not the same thing as fitting in. Indeed, it is the exact opposite. Acceptance is simply being accepted and valued just as you are. And there's nothing more important or necessary in leading a healthy and productive life. Acceptance can set us free to do the work we've been called to do. And I think we see that in this story of Jesus' baptism, which is where baptism comes in. Notice these two things in Mark's telling of the story of Jesus' baptism. First, notice God's words to Jesus. They are personal, they are poignant, and they are powerful. You are my beloved son, God says. With you, I am well pleased. Wrapped in these words of acceptance are the blessings of identity, of worth, and unwavering regard. And all this is said even before Jesus begins his ministry. So what I want you to note is that next week, or what follows next in the gospel, is um, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, maintaining his connection to God's will. And what comes after that temptation is that Jesus starts his ministry according to Mark's gospel. So you see this event, Jesus' baptism, isn't just an incidental thing that happens in the Gospel of Mark. It is really foundational for Jesus. The baptism of Jesus is not a preamble to all that comes later in his life. It's the high point of the story in a nutshell. Again and again, as Jesus casts out unclean spirits, as he heals the sick, and feeds the hungry, as he loves the sinner and welcomes the outcast, he will only do for others what has already been done for him, telling them by what he says and by what he does that they too are God's beloved children 
with whom God is well pleased. God's love flows through Jesus again and again throughout his life as he serves others. And at the darkest moment of the story when Jesus feels absolutely abandoned, when he's on the cross, it is followed immediately by the story of the resurrection, where an angel testifies that God has kept God's baptismal promise and continues to accept and honor Jesus as God's own beloved son. So also, at our low moments, like the year 2020 might have brought us, we might remember that the God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same one who has promised in baptism to never abandon us and to love and accept us always. That promise kept me moving forward in hope in the uncertainty of 2020. That promise gave me the energy to take it one day at a time and focus on doing God's will when everything seemed to be in up, an upheaval, when everything seemed to be not so certain. And even now, it is keeping me moving forward in hope as our nation is now facing an unprecedented upheaval and division like we saw this week. So this is why I think we want to think about the baptism of Jesus and our baptisms each and every day. That is why our baptism is so incredibly important because it offers us the acceptance of God, our creator, and thereby, uh, thereby excuse me, empowers us to accept others, walk with others, and serve others in turn. Baptism reminds us that wherever we may go and whatever we may do or whatever is done to us, God continues to love us, forgive us, accept us, and hold on to us. Nothing can change that. And I think there is no more powerful word or promise for us as God's children. Now, if we were here today in the sanctuary, in this worship space, we might remind you to come forward to the font. We might remind you to do that so you would be reminded that your baptism is foundational and your acceptance by God is real. We might have invited you to come forward and place your hand in the water of the font so you would be reminded that you are a beloved child of God, like Jesus was. Or if you came forward to the font, maybe someone would have made of the sign of the cross on your forehead and said to you, God loves you and so do I, like we did last year on this festival day, the festival of the baptism of our Lord. But since we cannot do these things, I invite you today to run your hands under water in a sink at your home. Maybe you are rinsing dishes or brushing your teeth. But as you do so, say to yourself, I am a beloved child of God. I am a beloved child of God always, and nothing that happens in this world can take that away. But as you do that, I also invite you to linger at that sink a little longer and let the water flow over your hands. And I invite you to choose a way that you will serve God this year, 
like Jesus did when he healed the sick, fed the hungry, embraced the outcast, and loved the sinner. Choose a way that you will let the love of God flow through you again and again. And perhaps that will mean committing to pray daily for the well-being of our nation. And perhaps that praying will lead you to be a part of some action to help heal that nation. Perhaps you will commit to feeding the hungry in our community. Perhaps it will mean you caring for someone, listening to someone whom you find difficult to listen to and love. Perhaps you will be light in someone's darkness. You will bring hope to someone who is hurting, like Pastor Heidi suggested we do last week in her sermon. Or perhaps you will do what the author of Philippians says. You will keep your mind on whatever is true and honorable, just or pure, pleasing and commendable, and worthy of praise, and that you will keep on doing the things that you have received and heard from God. Those things that bring creativity and God's love into the world. For you see, our baptisms, like Jesus' baptism, are foundational. It is the place where we are loved and accepted by God, so we can love, accept, and serve others in the world. Amen.